standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. But what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where's the standard at? We're in a war, y'all. It's time to stand, y'all. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. you to target in on verse 10 and we shall read together verses 10 through 18. Ephesians chapter 6 verses 10 through 18. If you're there say praise the Lord. Lord. Alright let us read. Finally my brethren be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand therefore, having your loins girded about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, by which ye shall be able to quench all the fiery dots of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. Amen? Amen. We read these scriptures into your hearing because there is something missing in some of our lives. There's something missing. Now when you would have prayed, when you would have visited the sick, when you would have gone to the prison, when you would have shared the word of God with some weary traveler along life's highway, when you would have brought the tithes and the offerings, and there seemed to be no measure of completeness within you. It seemed as though, have you ever woke up one of those mornings looked like everything you was reaching for was in reverse? You just couldn't quite get it together. And you know you prayed real hard and long deep before you went to sleep. But then you wake up and it's look like when you step out it's one of those days you say, "Uh uh-uh, here we go. It's like one of those Murphy Law days. Whatever can go wrong, will go wrong. Yeah, one of those situations. And it seemed like when you would have done all you know how to do and it still seemed as though there's a void, there's something missing. And I know a lot of times the saints... They get into this mindset, I must be doing something wrong or I need to do something else. Or it just seemed like I need a fresh anointing or it seemed like I just, just, if I just had a word from God, 
you know, and, and it's with that attitude right there that a lot of saints get, get trapped by the devil. Because from that point, you go looking for something, and you, at that point, you're vulnerable. Because you open your spirit up because you think that there's something missing. Can I just tell you, in Jesus Christ, you are complete. <laughs> That's a great revelation. In Christ Jesus, you are whole. It is the Lord who has made you whole. So if it seemed like you just can't get up to where you were before, or it seemed just like uh, something missing, seemed like you just can't put your hand on it, well, this is one of these messages that you can put your hand on. And I guarantee you, it ain't nothing real heavy. If you just listen, you won't even have to reach out for this. I'm going to bring this by the Spirit of God and put it right there in your lap. Amen. Amen. See, because a lot of times, understand this, a lot of times it seems like the devil will tell you something missing. You forgot he's the thief. Uh-huh. Satan will tell you something is missing. But he will never tell you what is missing. But he'll tell you something missing. Something wrong. This doesn't feel right. I need to do something. But then you notice that something you need to do, it never shows up. So you end up trying to manufacture some kind of joy or some kind of feeling on your own. And it's at that point right there that the devil step in and he'll take control of the whole situation. So you have to be careful. If you're at that point today and you say, something I need to do is something missing. I don't, I don't feel that close to the Lord today like I did yesterday. Uh, when I was born again five years ago, I don't, I don't feel that sameness. Uh, it, it's just something missing. That's a lie. Now, that's the first thing that we need to understand. That is a lie. And like Miss Leona used to say, that's my grandmother who's no longer with us, thank you. That's a bald-faced lie. Because in Jesus, you are complete. Isn't that what Paul said? In Christ, you are complete. You don't get no more whole than you are in Jesus. And I guarantee you, beloved, I guarantee you, whatever it is that you think is missing, it's not missing. Now, yeah, you may be reaching for what we call more of God. All right? You can't get no more of God. You can grow in grace. You can increase in knowledge. But you are complete in him, and you, you are complete because you are born again. Yeah, the devil will come and steal. And I'm going to give him just a, a, a fraction of a little bit of credit right here, because that's what's happening to some of y'all that's, that's wondering what's happening with you. He has stolen something from you. But I tell you what he didn't steal, he didn't steal the Lord. You can't steal Jesus. He is a permanent fixture. So then what's missing? There's nothing missing. But there's something that you're going to have to do to make yourself, you notice I say, make yourself feel whole. Even though by faith you already are. So if you say something missing, I don't feel the same, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if I had a million dollars up here and you knew that, that I was legit and that this was for real, and your name was called, I guarantee you whatever kind of problem you had, 
whether you was feeling incomplete and out of it and Murphy's Law was living on your doorstep, I guarantee you whatever the problem was, when I gave you a million dollars to call your name, you no longer had that problem. I know I'm right. The devil is standing on some of our shoulders telling us something is missing. Something ain't right. Something is missing. And I guarantee you, and this is a little fraction of credit I'm going to give him, he's right. But it's not missing because it's missing. It's missing because he's sitting on it. Yeah, just like Rachel when they was running away from her daddy and she had stolen that idol, she was sitting on it. Uh-huh, she was sitting on it. Well, then what is the deal? The deal is very simple. The deal is very simple. You are failing to rejoice. See, there's no way you're going to feel like everything is all right and you're not happy. Oh, I know I'm right. This is very simple. Very simple message. There's no way you're going to feel as though God got it all in control and you're not happy. The thing you're missing, you claim like you need another anointing than this. Uh-uh, uh-uh. It's you that's not rejoicing. You're the one that's unthankful. You got an unthankful spirit. Amen. Mm-hmm. I'm going to amen. Amen. That's what's missing. You're not thankful. You say, well, yes, I am. Well, then why aren't you happy? You say, because I don't feel like I got this thing I'm dealing with. Well, the thing about it is that you are not dealing with the thing. I guarantee you, right now, you know what stole your joy. You know what caused your faith to go right out of your feet. I guarantee you know that already. You already know that. So then what's gonna, what is going to have to make to, to, what is going to have to take to make you feel whole? Or to make you feel, by faith you already are whole. But there's a spiritual warfare going on here. That the devil is, is uh, bombarding our mind with negative thoughts causing us to think that we're not complete. And that we got to now stir something up. Or we got to get into our emotions. Or we got to do something else. No, you don't. Only thing you need to do is to believe the word of God and then operate in what you believe. That's what that is. Now, how can you, how can you claim to be whole and got salvation and then claim that you don't, see, you don't feel right? That's another subject altogether. And again, if I pull that million dollars and gave it to you, I guarantee you, you could have triple arthritis. You're going to make it up that eye. <laughs> See, at that point, nothing matters. But in those quiet moments and when it seemed like everything is going against us, the devil would step up and stand on our shoulder and say, you need something else. No, you just too reserved. You just a Christian that's in reserve. You too conservative. Huh? Can I say that to you again? You too conservative. But see, the thing that we need to understand is that we got everything we need. Now, I read these scriptures because I need to put them back into your hearing. The 10th verse. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
So we're to be strong in the Lord and in the power of whose might? Of his might. Now it didn't say think about being strong. It said what? Be strong. Where? In the Lord. And what? In the power of his might. Are we communicating? Now you want to walk around feeling depressed? That's your business. But you don't need more of God. God didn't give you half Jesus. Am I right about it? You are the problem. You need to face it. You're not happy, you're the problem. The only thing you need to do is to become thankful. Be strong in the Lord and be strong in the power of his might. Now I know there are times we get tired of fighting with the devil. There are times we get tired of calling those things to be not as though they were. We want a vacation. Huh? We want a break. We want to leave and go to Bermuda. Huh? We want to go to Air Paris. We want to take the wings of a dove and fly away and be at rest and hide somewhere in a mountain. Let me tell you, doves don't belong on mountaintops. Eagles will get them. Doves don't have no business in the wilderness. In the desert, I mean. If you are are presently experiencing a spiritual drought, it's because you're not happy. Oh, I know this is right. And the Bible says that the Bible says that sadness dries up the bones. Whatever that little Mickey Mouse problem is, whatever that little Mickey Mouse problem is, what you're going to find out is that that's what's sapping your joy. You can't be strong in the Lord if you don't have no joy. Oh, this is right. Very simple. It's laying right down the surface of the ground. The only thing you need to do is pick it up. You don't even have to dig for this. You know, I meet people on a continual basis. And they, they talk about, you know what, well, I don't feel right. I feel like I need to fast and pray. I feel like I need to, you know, read more word. I feel like I need to get before God more often. God knows you got to go to work. God is omniscience. He knows all things. He's omnipresent. He's every place at the same time. It is not on God. It's on you. And you have to be very careful right here that you don't get religious. See, you can, you can get a religious spirit and, and after that point you're going to try to make something happen. And once you start making stuff happen, the devil going to get in on it. Because the word says in your patience possess ye your soul. So the very day your joy left out the door, you go back and track what took it. Because that's the problem. That's why your face is so long. Huh? That's why it seems like you don't feel like you used to feel. And this is not about how you're feeling. Whether you, if you have a good day, you're still born again. If you're born again. If you have a day that's so terrible you don't ever want it to be repeated, you're still born again. Now the only thing you need more of is joy. And if I'm not mistaken, Paul told us in Galatians, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. And the joy of the Lord is my strength. It's not on God. God is doing everything he can on a continual basis to cheer you up. 
He's doing everything. He's in your face. But you won't let him do it. Because you see, I still got this little problem over here, Lord, that I'm dealing with. And the man said, the man said, the man himself said, casting all your care on him, for he cares for you. No, but nobody knows the trouble I see. Everybody knows it because they can look at you. It's, it's, not a, it's not a second anointing. Because the anointing that you, I know this Bible is right. The anointing that you have received abideth in you. Am I right about it? The anointing that you have received abideth in you. The anointing lives in you. So if you feel like something ain't right, baby, it's you. You're the one that's no longer happy. And the day is the day that God has made, and he's given us this day that we might rejoice and be glad in it. That's what's missing. God doesn't release revelation to people whose heart is continually heavy and that he cannot cheer up. You get more from God when you are joyful in praise. You have to stir yourself up. Are we communicating? Oh, I know this is blessing me right now. Are you being blessed? Find my brethren and be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on, listen, put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the strategies of the methods of the devil. What is the methods of the devil? His method is to, is to come and steal your joy. So what happens then, he brings whatever it's going to take to rob you of your contentment, of your peace of mind, of your happiness, of your joy. If he got to come through your children, if he got to come through somebody calling you on the telephone, whatever the devil can use, he's going to use it. And if you don't wake up to that fact, you're never going to be happy. You might as well resign yourself right now, never buy another tube of chapstick. Just go ahead and be sorry and, 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 and just, you know, the only people need chapstick are the folks that plan on laughing a lot. You know, because your lips get white, you understand. But if you don't have any plans of rejoicing, then just don't buy no chapstick. You don't need nothing for your lips. Probably have trouble reaching them anyway, the bottom one, you know. <laughs> oh, Lord, I need a third anointing. Lord, I need a, I need a word. The Lord already gave you a word. Rejoice! That's the problem. That's the whole problem. My God don't do no half-do job. I guarantee you when you got born again, you was happy. You was born again with joy. Amen. Now, who has stolen your joy? You know, it's amazing. We get born again knowing nothing, and then right after we're born again, we have no joy because now we got to figure everything out. <laughs> I thought this was about faithing it out. If we knew the end from the beginning, then we wouldn't need to live today. Yeah, there are going to be some challenges to your faith, but it's how you adapt and how you adjust to it. See, attitude is everything. And if you think because you're born again, you're never going to have any more problems, then you've forgotten the one that saved you. His name is Jesus. He went through hell for you. And I think hell was a problem. Amen. 
That's the part that's missing. God has blessed you, woke you up this morning, and you still got an attitude. That's the problem. It's not on God. It's never going to be on him. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And you are complete in him. Now, if you're not happy, dear heart, it is your fault. You can't blame people because people going to be people. You can't change people. You couldn't even change you. It took God to do that. So how in the world you think you're going to change people and you couldn't change yourself? People going to be that horse's rear end. Some of them are professional rear end horses. They take pride in being difficult. We're not responsible for how people treat us. Instead, we're responsible for what? How we treat people. Christ died for folk. Look how they treat them. Are you greater than your Lord? It's your joy that's missing. And it's not God's fault because he didn't take it. And the fruit of the spirit is still alive in your spirit as you're born again. You need to produce some joy. You say, well, how can I get happy? You get happy by hauling off being happy. Didn't Paul say, I think myself happy? When your thoughts are all muddied up and confused, you're not happy. All right then, praise the Lord, everybody. All right, now verse 11, put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse 12, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's who, that's who we're wrestling against. That's the problem. Satan has come to steal our joy and to make us think that we have lost some of our anointing. You cannot lose the anointing. Not according to this Bible the way I read it. Because the anointing abideth in you. And that anointing is the Holy Ghost. Can you say amen? amen? Well then if somebody's not happy, whose fault is it? It's yours. It's always going to come back to you. It's never going to be on the Lord. And you know what I love about this? It's on me. I can think myself happy. <laughs> well, you know, Pastor, nobody knows the trouble that I say. You, know, you would be saying all that if you was living in my house. If you, if, if you just knew what I was up against, then I guarantee you, Pastor, you would be up there preaching like you preaching. Because I've been dealing with this now for 15 years. 15 years. Well, maybe this is the, this is the last day for those 15 years. You ought to be happy that this is the last day. That you don't have to deal with that depression anymore. Well, you, you, just, you just don't know. See, even God himself can't convince some of us. Because we got too much sense. You know the people that are happy in the nut house are those that have none? I, can't, I know this is right. 
People that are in the nut house is always laughing. They don't have no sense. It doesn't matter whether a tornado is coming or whatever. They're always the same. <laughs> Those of us that have to deal with life, let me tell you something, beloved. If you're going to deal with it, you got to cast it on the Lord. You can't handle it. I guarantee you, if you think you can handle life, you, you, you keep trying to, trying to make everything come out right. Can't do it. Only God can do everything. And I still haven't told you what I'm talking about. So stay with me. Uh-huh, I know it. It's on purpose. I know you're listening and you're waiting. All right? Verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole arm of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore having your loins girded about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith with which ye shall be able to quench all the fiery dots of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. We need to pray for all the saints. Amen. Amen. Now, why did Paul put this in here? Number one, the Holy Ghost told him to put it in here. Number two, he wanted to alert us to the fact that there is an enemy to us and to our faith. And that enemy is none other than the devil himself. Because when we are rejoicing, then that joy becomes contaminating. In other words, we can contaminate other people with our joy and our positive attitude. If you're always down in the mouth, something's always wrong, you contaminate people with that negative virus. And anytime, see, that's what a virus is, it's negative. When you're up 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning between your bed and that little hole in your floor in there, with that virus, that's, that ain't positive. That's negative. Am I right about it? A virus, as far as I know, okay, and all things being equal, is never positive. When you contaminate it, you contaminate it. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. And Paul wanted to let the church know in every age, church, if you're going to hold on to your joy, you better be about holding on to it. And it's not so much holding on to it as it is using it. You have to use this joy. It will get you through the hard times. That's the only thing I know that will get You can quote all the scripture you want to, dear heart. You can rebuke all the demons between here and Nebraska. And that's wonderful. But you're never going to feel right and complete until you learn how to rejoice. Amen. Can I tell you, sometimes you just have to get silly with it. Sometimes it, doesn't, it shouldn't matter if every hair is still in place. Or how you're going to be perceived. See, that's why some of us are in abundance to our Christianity. Some are in abundance to their Christianity. Oh, I can't lift my hands like that. What are the people going to think? I guarantee you, I guarantee you, in the, in the New Testament, when Jesus healed folk, them folk, it didn't, it, didn't, it didn't even enter into them people's mind what they thought about what other people's going to think. As a matter of fact, only somebody that was concerned about what the other people's going to think was Jesus himself. Because he was the one to say, hey, okay, now go, shh, be quiet, don't tell nobody that I've done this for you. 
you must not be a victim of sitting in church concerned about if I get happy, what they're going to say. Some of y'all been wanting to shout a long time. Some of y'all been wanting to run in this church a long time. Some of y'all just been wanting to get loose as a goose for a long time. But you know what your problem is? You in bondage to people. You have to get to a point where it doesn't matter what people think. Because as I speak, you still don't know what they're thinking. Person next to you could be thinking, why didn't I bring my straight razor this morning and off this person? You don't know what people think. See, so the devil will hold you in bondage in your mind. Why? Because he doesn't want you to rejoice. See, once you start getting loosened up in the service, then before you realize it, you got five amens and ain't nothing been said. Amen. It's no longer, you know, I don't know why some people think that because they look serious in church that God is saying something. Have you ever seen a picture of Charles Manson? He looks serious, doesn't he? But it's God saying something. You have to wear your joy on your face. I guarantee you when problems come and it seem like they, they, they knock you 10 feet back, you need to get up grinning. Amen. Some of us take too, we take some of us too, some, some, of, some of us take too seriously. Everything is so serious. That's religion. God is not after religion. He's after relationship. Some of us were saying happy, happy in Jesus, happy and have it. I mean, that's fine doing the singing. But we go right back to that face. It's that face. How can we sing praise songs and then once we get through there's no joy on our face. Not even a little smirk of a smile. I tell you what's wrong. You concentrating on your problems. For some strange reason, man thinks he's smarter than God. You think, okay, I didn't throw it over there, but I need to go back and get it. Yeah, I need to go back and get it because... You know, the Lord just too slow, honey. I just I can work on this while I'm waiting on him. See. These bills still come and do and in the light bill too. I can I can I done gave it to him and let me go get it because I can bring it back over here. At least I can crochet while he's coming. See, you're not smarter than God. Why does the Lord want us to cast our care on him? So that it can free our mind. Free our spirit to do what? To rejoice. You learn more when you lighten up. You got to lighten up. If he carried the weight of our sins, then that means he set us free. You got to lighten up. I don't mean take life so, so carelessly until nothing matters. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying, lighten up because you've given it to the Lord. Now what's, now, what's the, now what's the problem? 
This may not make sense, but it makes good faith. So then, if it seemed like something missing, I am here to tell you I know exactly what's missing. <laughs> you are. We got to cooperate with the Spirit of God if we're going to hold on to happiness. Is that right? Now, I think what the, the, the way the Lord is doing these, these second services here is that it's not so much doctrinal as it is another flow. Yeah, I, I think, yeah, that way. See, if you know that God has done something good for you, how can you contain yourself? See, I mean, you know, you, you got to flow with the anointing. You got you to gotta, you gotta be thankful. You got you to gotta rejoice no matter what the situation is. You got to let God and let go. Amen. You got you to gotta go with it. You can't be in the presence of the Lord and then going to use the problem to concentrate on the problem. The Bible tells us in another place that in his presence there's what? Fullness of joy. And then we let the devil tell us, you ain't anointed. Every one of God's children are anointed because he himself is the anointing. Now let's take another step. Go to Luke, the 17th chapter. Luke chapter 17. And I'm talking about praise, a weapon for spiritual warfare. That's a weapon. Now you think you're going to get God's attention because your face all low and your eyes all low and you looking like drooping? <laughs> it doesn't take that to get the Lord's attention. The Lord said, my ears are open unto your prayers. Is that right? Long faces don't get prayers answered. Faith does. Not faces. Did I tell you where to go? Luke chapter 17. All right, now, 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 now watch this. See, if the Lord does something good for you, you ought to be able to give a witness in a second. Some of us complain too much about things we can go ahead and handle up on, but we won't. Now, now watch this. God help us in our church to be this way. Some of us are, some of us need to be. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, talking about Jesus, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Now remember what Paul said. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Is that right? Now, we, that wiles mean method. We know he has a strategy. You don't ever meet the devil where he doesn't have a strategy. Anytime you meet Satan, he's got a strategy. And the first thing that he wants to do is to hit us with a situation so that he can steal our joy. That's all he's after. This is nothing heavy. You don't have to fly overseas, and you don't have to put nothing extra in the offering for this. This is free. 
I guarantee you, when whatever happened to you happened, and it caused you to not to be happy anymore, from that point right there, everything got serious. Man, do you know some people have been known to get healed through laughing? You can laugh your way right up on some healing. Here it is. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I'll get back to these lepers in a minute. They'll be here. <laughs> what if the Lord, say, gave you a wardrobe? A brand new wardrobe. You no longer have to rely on your clothes from the 60s. Amen? You <laughs> brand new wardrobe. Okay? And gave you money in the bank. And gave you an open account at the grocery store whenever you want it, for however much you want, and gave you a lifetime ticket for gas. Are we communicating? And uh, say the Lord did all this for you, and uh, he came to you every day, and uh, you weren't happy. And then he said to you on a continued basis, okay, now, why aren't you happy? You say, well, <laughs> they don't like me. <laughs> they talking about me. <laughs> and the Lord came back to you every day for six months. And he still couldn't cheer you up. How do you think the Lord would feel? Now bring it home. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. And God never made a mouth. He can't feed. We came into this world with nothing. We got clothes on. God has blessed us. We got a dime above rent money. We got the living word of God. We born again. We got God's spirit in us. We've been filled with the Holy Ghost and we speak in other tongues. We lay hands on the sick. We've seen people get well and we still ain't happy. Something is wrong and it's not with God. You know, you know, thank you, Holy Ghost. Some of us, that, some of us may be having problems in our home right now, you know, relative to whatever, finances or sickness or whatever it is. We have transferred the same kind of mentality into the church that we brought up in our childhood. You know what we did in our childhood? When, when things didn't quite go our way, we pouted. And whoever our parents were, when they saw the pout long enough, they did something about it, or they just left us alone until we came around. Do you know that's what some of us have done? With the word and in the church, we are pouting. Grown folk, Christian, on hand laying Jesus people, are pouting. Thinking that God is going to now get in a hurry because your mouth stuck out. <laughs> now, I'm going to tell, tell you the basis of pouting. One basis of it is unbelief. And see, it's easier to pout, especially if you got sickness on you or, or the devil trying to attack you. It's easier to pout. Than it is to go forth in faith. 
See, if we pout, what are we pouting about? Because we are in unbelief. We're, we, we, we're thinking that, okay, maybe he's not going to do it, but I sure wish he would. And so therefore, I'm not going to rejoice. I'm just going to keep this mindset and keep this face because if he doesn't do it, I won't be surprised. Say, no, Pastor, that ain't me. Well, let me ask you this then. Why aren't you happy? Did you pray? Yeah. Did you, did you, uh, did you rebuke the devil? Yeah. Did you cast the care on the Lord? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well then, you're still alive. Yeah. You're breathing. Yeah. You got a dime of blood rent money in your pocket. I almost got two pity. Well then, why aren't you rejoicing? What has God done to you for you not to rejoice? So then you've got to be willing to admit, Lord, it's me. I need to repent for being sad. Disgruntled and not happy. And because I've been that way, I have put that on somebody else. Do you, you know these little, spirit, little demons jump? You bring that in there with you, it's going to jump on somebody else. See, it, the sad thing about it, once it jump on that other person, you are now rejoicing. They were rejoicing at first. That thing jumped off you on them. Now they see it, and you are rejoicing, and church is over. So who's going to leave with it? That person that, you, that that demon jumped on? Now, I didn't say you was demon-possessed. Now, don't get all carried away. But demons can influence us not to rejoice and not to be happy. And he will bring up situations and problems, but what he doesn't say is that he caused them. So he caused the problem to steal the joy. And praise is a weapon for spiritual warfare. If you're going to break through, if you're going to taste the goodness of the Lord, if you're going to be standing complete, it's got to be done in your spirit. And your spirit has got to educate your mind that things are well. You ought to be able to say, it is well with my soul. I may not understand everything that's happening with me, Lord, but you know. And it is well with me. See, and those words need to come out of your mouth. So that you can hurry up and have what you say. See, so it's not on God. God. God sent this because we need to hear this. It's not on him to cheer us up. He gave us his joy when we were born again. Amen. Unbelief is what's robbing us of our joy. All right, now, let's get back to these lepers. Verse 11, Luke 17. And it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. They said what? Jesus, Master, do what? Now that's what some of y'all need to say today because you know, when, when you ask the Lord to have mercy, God tapers his mercy to fit the individual. See, when you say, Lord, have mercy, it may be different than when I say, Lord, have mercy. Come on now, you're not hearing anything you haven't heard before right here. 
So God has a special design mercy to fit your particular need. That mercy for your need won't fit my need. Are we communicating? All right, so then. Master, have mercy on us. Verse 14. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. We saw part of that this morning. As they went, they were cleansed. As they carried the water to the governor, it became wine. All healing doesn't have to take place instantaneously. But if you have faith in God back here, it will manifest up there. It came to pass as they went, they were what? Cleansed. Now notice this. And one of them, everybody say one. one. One of them, when he saw that he was healed. Now how did he see it? Well, when he had, you know, leprosy, and today it sort of would probably be on the same level with AIDS. But there were big crevices. See, leprosy was so bad until a man's fingers would fuse together and, and sometimes joints would fuse together and fingers would fall off, literally fall off, and people's nose would fall off. They would have limbs falling off. Their body was rotting from the inside. And 10 of them came and cried out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And as they went, they were cleansed. And, and, and so the man was able to see that he was healed because his skin cleared up. Just like somebody said, just like a baby. He just had baby skin. No more pimples, no more, no more crevices in his skin, no more, no more eating away of the flesh. The man saw. Let me ask you something. Can you see what the Lord has done? Do you realize that some of us came to Christ? But can you see what the Lord has done? See, we were lepers too. Filthy and sin, but can you see how the Lord, has, as we have gone, we have been cleansed. And, and I need to tell you, don't, you don't get clean all at once. You know, people can get born again today. does not mean they're going to stop smoking cigarettes today. But as they go, they'll be cleansed. Even though your spirit is whole, your flesh isn't. Are y'all still here? Did you go home? Oh, bless the Lord. All right, now notice in verse 15. One of them, everybody say one of them. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a soft voice. With a what voice? Loud voice. Did what? Now, do you think this man cared about who was around him? There was no, oh, thank you, Jesus. Not here. Uh-uh, not here. There was no, ooh, praise you, Lord. Uh-uh, not here. There was no, well, you know, I've been this way all my life, so I just want to, thank you, Jesus. Those other nine that had gone about their business didn't even thank the Lord. That's why I thank the Lord. For where he has brought me from and where he has brought me to and where the Lord has carried me. Now, I can't speak for you. But you ought to be thankful to God that things are better now with you than what they used to be. 
Am I right about it? This man didn't care what the folk thought. With a loud voice, he came back and he, and he thanked the Lord and he glorified him. And not only that, he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even a Jew. This man wasn't raised in church. <laughs> you got a lot of people raised in church. They still don't have no joy. They've been there every time the door opens. Still don't have no joy. I refuse. Now, I'm not saying that there are not things that come upon me to steal my joy. But I refuse to walk around unhappy on a continual basis. There are some things, friend, I can't handle. And I hope you get the revelation behind what I'm saying. Because there are some things, I don't care how long you live, you never will be able to handle and can I tell you this? The older you get, the more things get on your nerves. If you don't think I'm, if you don't think I'm lying, I tell you what, you talk to these that waited to be 45 and get pregnant. I guarantee you. Now you mean to tell me you gotta go back to kindergarten? You gotta go. Man, that this stuff would get on, you can't handle it. This is not a put down, this is an observation. There's some things, man, that I don't... Listen, when you get above 21 and moving in that direction, it get tight up here. You got to deal with bills. You got to deal with... You, you name it. And the only way I know to keep from losing it is to learn how to be happy. Now, you know, you know, those small children, they got, you know how many questions they have? Huh? You 48 and now you got to say, you got to deal with Sesame Street? Who that? Who that? That big boy. Uh-uh. Those of y'all that have that have had children later on in life, you know I'm telling you the truth. And it takes all your energy just to answer some of them questions. And you be wishing, I hope somebody come get him. I hope somebody come get her. This child need a break. <laughs> so, you know, so since stuff is gonna be coming, y'all, now you know I see. I'm free up here, but I'm aware. Now, don't let the devil take what I'm saying and cause you to feel, if you had children later on in life and cause you to feel inferior, that's not what this is about. Amen. This is just one illustration. There are many. Want me to give you another to make you feel a little better? You take a man up in age, have lived all that time, and don't have two dimes to rub together. Can you imagine going to work at McDonald's? 60 years old? You can't even get an apartment. This is what I'm saying. It's a lot that we have to deal with in life anyway. So we better hurry up and learn what praise is all about. 
If you don't start praising him, the devil will take those circumstances in life and will rob you of your thinking abilities. I'm in my pastoral mode now. You better let me help you. You better learn how to rejoice when everybody else around you complaining. You better learn how to say thank you, Jesus, when you don't feel like it. You better learn how to rebuke the devil and put him under your feet when you don't feel like it. You better learn how to call those things with be not as though they were and hope they hurry up and get there. Amen. <laughs> it's amazing how the Lord put a preacher in a place and then all of a sudden, you amen up to a point. Then something come out and the devil would take it and use it. I'm aware of that. But you know what? If you love the Lord and love me this morning, you're not going to go negative on me. No, you're not going to go negative on me. Not if you perceive, not if you perceive that I'm operating in the ministry of helps here too. Now, these lepers didn't care, honey, what other folk thought. This leper came back and he cried with a loud voice, then fell down and worshiped Jesus. In verse 17, and Jesus answered and said, where were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found. They return to give glory to God except this stranger, a stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made you whole. Now, we come right back full circle. You don't feel whole? Listen, it's your faith. It's your faith. It is your lack of rejoicing that's causing you to feel incomplete. I'm sorry, incomplete. That's what it is. It's not hands. You know, a lot of folks say, if, if I just get hands laid on me, I, 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 could, I could be happy. Uh-uh. You have to stir up the gift of God that's in you. Laying on hands won't stir up your gift. Laying on hands won't stir up the gift of joy. I thank God, man. It, you know, in hard times, you need people that don't have no sense running with you. When you're having difficulty, you need people that laugh at everything. Uh-huh. You need people that will laugh at anything. Just to help you out. See, God, God will put somebody up next to to help you out. Because a lot of us, you know, I went to take a picture. I went to take a picture the other day. And, you know, being, you know, a pastor and a bishop and all this, I wanted to give that, you know, that, you know how we take pictures sometimes want to appear to be. And the guy really hoped me. The guy that was taking the picture, he really hoped me. He said, you got such a beautiful set of teeth, why don't you show them? And I said, whoa. He said, don't be so serious. Lighten up. You're here to take a picture. And then I thought about it. I say, this guy is really on his job because he knows two things. And you know, the spirit of wisdom operates in me. This guy knows two things. If all these pictures got me looking like I've been sipping vinegar, I'm not going to buy them. He would have wasted some film. Would not have recouped any money. But he may have had a selfish 
thing behind it by saying smile so that I could buy the pictures. But he really hoped me. Because I loosen up in there, man, and I just, I pray, it probably won't be nothing but teeth and eyebrows when I get the pictures back. <laughs> and it makes a lot of sense. Why would I go and pay to take some pictures and then frown? God want us in the studio every morning to take a picture. Now after we get through praying, we ought to be able to walk behind the curtain and take a picture. If we have genuinely cast all these cares on the Lord, then we ought to be happy people. Amen? Time would fail me to tell about Jehoshaphat. And how the praise singers went out and praised on, you know, and sang these songs unto the Lord. And, and how the Lord gave Israel the victory that day because the people sang praises unto God. It is your praises that build God a house. The Lord inhabits the praises of his people. If you want to build God a house, you're going to have to praise him. And praise become a weapon that will stop the enemy dead in his track. And it's the high praises of God that goes forth out of your mouth. That will rob the enemy of what he had purpose to do unto you. Amen. You cannot let him sit on your shoulder and take your joy. So don't you think that you're closer to God because you got a frown on your face. Do like this leper. Lose your cool. And when the Lord does something good for you, go crazy with it. If God was Bob Barker. <laughs> that wouldn't be no problem. People on a continual basis run clamorously foolish down the aisle. They, they might say, well, John from Bocaton, you are next on the Price is Right. And you know what? I've seen them come in their faces painted, all kind of crazy stuff on their T-shirts, and on national television acting a fool. But when it comes to the Lord and all that he has done for us, we just as cool, laid back, looking at us. You can't tell that God even giving us the next breath. We so cool. <laughs> Breathing his air, eating his something tea, and ain't thankful. Judah means praise. And God says, send Judah first. When you send praise out there, it stirs up the enemy and he comes back against you. That's the problem some of y'all are having with your kids, in your marriage, with your finances, and the whole nine yards. Because you have released the praises of God. And it has stirred up the enemy and he's come back now to steal your joy. And brothers and sisters, that is what's happening. So the only way I know to set a defense against him is to praise God anyhow. Because trouble going to come whether you praise him or not. But you show in a better position to deal with it when you do praise the Lord. Amen? Amen. Amen. Now the question is so simple. Will I do his will and yeah. There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus.
The power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come. The Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago and he answered me, came into my heart and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the questions Hello, this is Bishop Carwell. And this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before. And you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you. <laughs>